This is a free download from Delancey Healing Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Healing Church building at the Banks of Consumption in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyhealing.co.uk. Tell me Psalm 126, verse. I'm reading from the King James Version. So I'm reading King James, uh, it's Psalm 126, and just verse 5. says they sow in tears so I say we'll read from verse 4 turn our captivity O Lord as the streams in the south they that sow in tears shall reap in joy he that go forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him how many love that just want to there's a phrase there I just want you to sort of get a hold of. It's that word, precious. Precious seed. Precious seed. Because then we realise there's apparently a difference between good, between good seed or amazing seed and precious seed. It's often the difference between excellence, good, and the perfect will of God. How many have ever seen that in Scripture? In other words, there is a... There's a, a, a good will of God. There's a, a, you know, a will of God, but also there's an excellent will of God. And seed is, it can be good seed, but here's the point. What makes good seed precious seed? You see that? You can have great seed and good seed, but what makes good seed precious seed? And if you read it right there, it tells you what makes good seed precious seed. It becomes precious seed as it, what we're told here, goes forth. In other words, good seed might be great seed, but it becomes precious seed. In other words, it it becomes, how do I put it, it becomes most valuable seed, which, you know, when something's precious, somebody realises it's valuable, is that true? So when you release valuable seed, it becomes precious. But it only becomes precious when you release it. It doesn't become precious just by thinking about it. It doesn't become precious just by talking about it. It becomes precious when you, what? When you release it. As long as you hold on to the seed, it's not precious. But the moment you send it forth, the moment you let go of it, that seed becomes what? Precious seed. Now that seed could be your talent. It could be your resources. It could be your time. Something that you consider precious, your life. And I think being a radical follower of Jesus Christ actually means this, ultimately speaking. It means that we withhold Nothing. So our very lives become precious seed as they're released. Have you noticed this? God always kind of always asks this question. This is the question God often asks. What's in your hand? He asked it a few times. And he asked it to Moses. He says, Moses, what's in your hand? And Moses had a staff. Now that staff was probably the most precious thing he had. It was the only thing he had really that reminded him of his past life. Of the successful life that he once had in Pharaoh's court. And the only thing he had left was that stuff. So God says to him, that which is most precious to you, lay it down. 
And we're told that when Moses lay that stuff down, the, throughout the Bible it's no longer called the rod of Moses, it becomes called the rod of God. And with that rod, we're told, he parted the Red Sea. With that rod, all kinds of miracles were demonstrated on Egypt. So the people were set free. In other words, as he laid down what was precious, God began to respond by doing something supernatural. And I'm convinced with all my heart, if we want to see the supernatural workings of God in our lives, it's going to come through one thing and one thing alone. When we release what's precious. When we release what's precious, we open the way for supernatural things to happen. Supernatural things happen in your family. Supernatural things happen in your circumstances, in your life. When you release what is precious. Isn't that awesome? It goes on to say, those that sow precious seed shall, notice this word, they shall what? Doubtless. I like the word doubtless. Sometimes we pray for more faith. It's not more faith we need, it's less doubt. And sometimes we need to learn to doubt our doubts and believe our faith. Amen. You know, so when, you, when, when the enemy comes at you and says that can't happen, you doubt, you say, I doubt that very much. And so you begin to doubt your doubts and believe your faith. And I've found this, that when you sow what is precious, in an incredible way you find kind of that doubtless realm begins to work in your life, you suddenly, all the doubts begin to go. In other words, there becomes a new confidence, a new assurance that what you're asking God to do, he will do, because as you have released what is precious, then within your heart, there comes this doubtless realm. You just know that you know that you know something's going to happen. You know that you know there's going to be a release of the supernatural realm, because you have released that which is precious. And you now enter a realm, instead of doubting and uncertain and unbelief there, there's a new realm of, of doubtless. That you know something is going to transpire because you've released what is precious. Can you say amen? Now, through the Bible, there is this law, right term, as the law of the precious. The law of the precious. Let's look at the first one. Proverbs 20, verse 15. It's something that the Bible says is precious. The Bible says that the gold, there is gold and multitude of rubies, but the lips of the knowledge are more precious than the jewel. And that's talking about there. It's talking about the, the preciousness of the knowledge of God. It's talking about the preciousness of the Word of God. Paul said to Timothy, study yourself to show yourself approved of God. And I think that what we need to see is how precious the Word of God is. Can you say amen? How awesomely precious is the Word of God? Now, I think if something's precious to me, I'm going to spend time getting to know. Is that true? If it's not that precious, then I'm not going to really... I'm going to be distracted. I'm, you know, I'm going to find Facebook or something else more important than the Word of God. And I won't have time for something that I don't think is precious. And one of the biggest issues today is that people don't spend enough time in the Word. I really believe that. And because people don't spend enough time in the Word, they don't know God. Because God reveals himself through his word. They don't hear God because God speaks through his word. There's something incredible. There are 360 names for God in the Old Testament. Now those names of God are there to reveal not just what God does, but who God is. God reveals a name to say, this is what I'm like, this is what I'm like. I'm, I don't just heal, but I am a healer. I don't just shepherd you, but I'm a shepherd. And so all the names of God reveal something about his character, who he is. 360 names reveal 
God. And, his, and, the, and, the, and the children of Israel knew the will and the ways of God because they knew the names of God. In the New Testament, one name sums up every name. How many know that is the name of Jesus? So the name of Jesus actually embraces every name of God. It's right there, embraced in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that name Jesus is the living word. Is that true? He's the word and he's the living word. So the more I spend time in the written word, I get to know the living word. The living word becomes real to me. You know, I found more and more how precious the Gospels are. Because when I read the Gospels, I see that Jesus is the model of the way I should live my life. No matter how great a saint was of old, he's not my model. Because every great saint, no matter how great or amazing they were, had flaws. Is that true? But Jesus is the model that I'm meant to base my life on. So the more I get to know the written word, I begin to understand something of of how the living word begins to word and move. He was the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was what was God. And so we need to see how precious the word is. There's something else that's precious. 1 Peter 1, 19. You know what else is precious? The blood of Jesus is precious. 1 Peter 1, verse 9. 1 Peter 1, verse 9. Sorry, verse 19. I might need you to ask it again, man. But he says, but with the what? Precious blood of Christ. A lamb without blemish. The precious blood, the blood's precious. I don't believe the blood's precious. You need to say how precious the blood is. Why is the blood precious? That's why the blood's precious. Here's the first reason why the blood's precious. It's because it redeems us. The Bible says we've not been bought with silver or gold, but we've been redeemed by the blood. You know what the word redeem means? It means bought back. It's a picture of somebody in a slave market and somebody bought the slave. And it's a picture that once we were in a slave market, once we were bound and controlled by all the things of darkness, and now the precious blood of Jesus has bought us, set us free. You know what that means today? That means we don't belong to us, we belong to Jesus. Because he paid the price for us. And his blood was so precious that nothing else could buy us back. And we've been redeemed. The devil no longer has any grip or power over you. Bondage, all this, no longer have grip over you because they don't own you anymore. You are God's property, redeemed by the blood. The Bible says it's precious because I've been what? Cleansed by the blood. I love it, cleansed. And that word cleansed doesn't just mean just, doesn't just, you know, the blood of Jesus doesn't just kind of cover your sin. The blood of Jesus totally removes it. Every stain, every mark, It's as if it's never existed. Why is it people live under such guilt and condemnation? Because they don't know the power of the precious blood. I think I've shared before, I'm a heavy writer. When I write, you can can look back ten pages under and still see the marks on my writing. If you can make it out, which you probably won't. And the reason is that because, because there's still a mark there. When the blood of Jesus cleanses you, it's as if it's never, it's as if it's never happened. It's, it's as if it's never, ever existed. Isn't that awesome? I'll tell you why the blood is also precious. Because it gives me complete and total access to God. We thought yesterday, we went for a walk on Saints Bay. How many love Saints Bay? I love Saints Bay. I think it's awesome. And I love looking at the cliffs there. You know the thing that struck me as I, as I walked there, as, I, as, I kind of, as we looked at, walked along that, that bay there, we just looked out to the sea and there's nothing there. You could just see as far as the eye could see. And I thought to myself, isn't that awesome? To actually to look and, and to see as far as the eyes can see. Nothing there, no barrier, no wall. And that's like it should be with God. But through the blood, there's nothing there. Everything's been removed. And we can come, the Bible says that we can come right before his presence. 
every barrier, every war, the dividing wall has been removed. And now we just come directly into God's presence. Amen. I'll tell you what else the blood gives. You know why it's precious as well? Because it gives you a boldness. Therefore, we enter boldly into the throne room of God through the blood of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? I can have boldness, confidence that when I come before God, he hears my prayer. I can have confidence knowing that what I ask, he shall do because there's a confidence, a boldness, not based on me, but it's based on the blood. You know what else the blood, you know why else is precious? I like to use this word, pacifier. Those of you who've got children or grandchildren know the wonderful power of a dummy. Amen? <laughs> the pacifier that silences the cry, that gives you peace of sleep. Amen? In the sense, the blood's a pacifier because through the blood you have peace with God. I mean, I, mean, I believe one of the greatest blessings that God brings to a human life is supernatural peace. I believe it. Supernatural peace. And that peace only comes into your life because of the precious blood of Jesus. How many glad for the precious blood? That's why the blood is so precious. Go into 2 Peter 1 verse 8. Here's something else it does. As you turn now, let me just say this as well. I think when we see the precious blood of, of what, the, when, when we see what Jesus did for us, I think we, if you really understand it, the result of it is that you give yourself fully to him. I think it was C.T. Studd who said, if Jesus Christ be God and gave himself for me, then there can be no sacrifice too great for me to give to him. So if I'm not giving myself to him, then the reality is I've never fully understood the precious blood of Jesus. To give ourselves fully to him, uh, can I just share something I think it's quite amusing actually but in the book of Nehemiah there's a picture of, of he calls the, perf- the perfumers the ones that make perfume now because they have to build the walls everybody had to do their part and so these people who, did the, who made the perfume had to mix cement and I, I kind of have my idea these guys I, I would think if you mix perfume you'd have to kind of be quite light with your fingers I don't even believe that you know, if, picture in your mind somebody who makes perfume Okay, that same person with all the delicate hands and everything else, now he's mixing cement. <laughs> he's now absolutely getting this cement and he's beginning to mix the cement. What's that all about? I tell you what it's all about. It means that what God wants to use every single resource and giftings that we have. That we go beyond what is average. We go beyond what is normal. We, we go beyond what is mediocre. And because we see what Jesus has done for us, the end result is that we go for extravagance. Amen? We go for absolute extravagance. We don't just stick with what we kind of know we can do, but we go for absolute extravagance. We go the extra mile. We, we just use everything God has given to us to bring glory to his kingdom. Anyway, 1 Peter 2, 1 verse 8. Having whom you've not seen you love... Though you do not yet see him, believing you rejoice with joy expressible and full of glory. I think, you know what's precious to God? Is that when you believe, even when you don't see it. You believe your dream is working, even though you don't see any evidence for it. You believe your praise is working, even though you don't see any evidence in the natural. But you still believe. And God says, that's precious to me. How many would say that, see, if you can see it, that's not faith. Is that true? Because the Bible says, faith is the evidence of things not seen. So, in other words, that the, the word of God becomes more real to me, more alive to me, than my circumstances are. The word of God becomes more alive to me than my feelings. And the evidence of what's taking place is not how I feel. How many know your feelings change from day to day? Is that true? Sometimes you wake up and you're going to win the world. <laughs> the next day you, you don't even think you can get out of bed. Is that true? And, and that's the truth because our feelings are so fickle, they so change. But the word of God is never changing. 
So I've got to base the evidence on the word. That's the evidence of what I don't see actually exists. You know why I believe healing exists? I'll tell you why I believe it exists. Not because I've seen healing, but because the word of God tells me healing exists. You know why I believe that why, why I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit exist? Because the Word of God tells me they exist. You know why I believe that provision exists? Because the Word of God tells me it exists. As I begin to base my life on, on the things that I, on the unseen realm revealed by the Word of God, then God says that's precious. That's absolutely precious to me. You're not basing on what you see because what you see is so fickle. It just changes moment by moment. But the word of God abides forever. Can you say amen? Here's the next thing that's precious to God. And you find again in 1 Peter, a little bit further on in verse 7. I like this one. That the, genuous, the, that the genuineness of your faith be more precious than gold that perishes. Though it's tested by fire, might be found to the praise and honour and the glory and the revelation of Jesus Christ. I think this is precious. That when God sees his children going through a trial, you know what God does? That when you trust him in that trial, when you trust him through those times, God says, that's precious to me. That when everything's falling apart around you, but you are still willing to trust him, God says, that kind of faith is absolutely precious to me. How many found this true? that in the trials of life and the challenges of life and the difficulties of life, you can find God even more near than you've ever found out in your life. Psalm 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I know you're near me. In other words, his presence becomes more real to you than even death itself. His presence becomes so strong, so real, so close to you, In other words, he becomes more real than the battle you are facing. I think this. I think a true trial should bring you closer to God. Isn't it true? It's in those times you pray more. Isn't that true? You praise more. In those times, God can become more real to you than anything else. Because God works in the midst of those situations. More real to you. Let me show you one scripture, 1 Corinthians 3.8. You may have looked at it in different ways, but I just want to show you, I think it's a powerful truth. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 8. Look at verse sorry, look at verse ten. According to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Another builds on it, but let each one take a heed and he builds on it. For if any other foundation can be laid other than which is laid with Christ Jesus. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver and precious stones, wood, hay and straw. It's talking about there. It's talking about a foundation. Then one thing about a foundation is that you can't see. Is that true? And yet it's the most vital part of any building is the foundation. And you can't see it. Isn't that true, Gareth, at the moment? Yeah. <laughs> you can't see it. I think there's an unseen thing in our lives, this precious God. When you do things that nobody else can see, that's precious to God. You bless somebody in a way that nobody else knows about. You forgive somebody that nobody else knows that you forgave them. See, to God, it's not necessarily the outward things that are important to him. It's the things that we do that nobody else can see. And Jesus says that is where the great reward. When you have that devotional time that nobody else can see, and you have that devotional time with God, Jesus says you close the door, and your Father who is in heaven sees it, and he will reward you. So often rewards come, not by the things people see, but by the unseen things nobody else sees. That foundation that is laid. That's what gets the, really, that's what gets the reward. Have you thought about that? If we, do it, if we do things for everybody to see, there's no reward in that. But when things are done in the secret place, Jesus says that's where all the rewards begin to flow in. Can you say amen? Now, 
Let me just kind of land this thing a little bit. Let me go back to Psalm 126, because this is the thing I really want to kind of focus on. Psalm 126. We've seen face precious to God, the blood's precious to God, the word of God's precious to him. You know something that's so powerful today that's so precious to God? You know what they are today? You know your tears are precious to God. Your tears are precious to him. Psalm 126. Look at verse 5. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his shears with him. Israel love. Whoever sows in tears, there is incredible power. You think of a tear. A tear falls. And when a tear falls, there's incredible power in the tears. Tears that are sown in pain can bring a harvest of joy. I think tears have power to transform, as it says there in the psalm, it transforms streams in the desert. God can take what is harsh and dry and lifeless and he can bring living water where there seems to be no hope and no future. If you look at verse 1 of Psalm 26, it says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, and the word brought back is the, is the Hebrew word Shavat. And that word Shavat means to restore the fortune. And it speaks how God had taken them back from captivity and restored the fortune. He'd taken the tears of sadness and he put laughter and singing on their lips and they believed that what you did back then, God, you can do again. You can take all our tears, all our hurts, all our pains and you can bring incredible joy as we sow those things to you. In fact, that word shove up there is the same word that's used in Job 42, verse 10, when it says of Job that God restored him back double of what he had lost. I think, it's the first thing, I think tears are necessary. I only believe tears are necessary. You need to let the tears flow. I think tears are seasonary. In other words, that as we sow in a season of tears, then we begin to reap in another season of joy. As we surrender to him, we believe that, that the tears of sadness, as we sow those tears to him, eventually are going to be incredible seasons of joy. There's an incredible truth. I didn't realise this until I read up on it. You know when your tears, you know your tears? They put tears of, of, of sadness, tears of sorrow under a microscope. And then they put tears of joy. How many have ever had tears of joy? And they put tears of joy under a microscope. You know what they discovered? That the tears of sorrow were different from the tears of joy. There's a different chemical makeup about them. Isn't that incredible? In other words, God takes the, the tears of sorrow and he begins to release them and cause there to be tears of joy. You begin to believe that a different season will happen. I think tears have power because tears have power because they release compassion. They release compassion. I think when compassion is released, power is released. Every time someone is moved with compassion, something awesome is about to happen. I think power without compassion is dangerous. You know what compassion really is, don't you? Compassion really is love made tangible. It's love manifested. It's love revealed. It's not unseen. And here's the question. What does love look like to those around us? How do we manifest? How is compassion revealed and demonstrated? You know what I think? To the lonely... I think love is manifested in friendship. I think to those who are kind of 
hungry and in need, I think love is manifested in that need being met. Amen? I think to the brokenhearted, that love is, is manifested in, 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 in care and support. I think, I think to, to, to those that are discouraged, I think love looks like and compassion looks like being encouraged. And here's the challenge to you and I today. Think of those people around you that you touch, that you rub shoulders with every day. What to them does love look like? What does it look like to them? Because whatever that love looks like, then we've got to manifest that love to them in the form of compassion. We can't say we've got compassion unless it's revealed and manifested in a way that touches and is revealed to people. I think there's power in the tears of intercession. Having travailing power of tears. I think tears, when you, when, you, when you have tears of intercession, they begin to touch heaven. David says, I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me. Paul said, I travail like a mother, giving birth till Christ be formed in you. Somebody once asked General Booth, What's the secret of evangelism? You know what he said? He said, try tears. I think when tears are directed to heaven, God responds. Let me read you something from Psalm 38. I'm reading it from the Passion Translation. I'd encourage you, and I've mentioned it before, but if you get a chance, get a Passion Translation because they are just so awesome. But I love what it, it, it translates here in Psalm 38. Verse 9. It says, Lord, you know all my desires and my deepest longings. Here's the phrase I love. My tears are liquid words and you can read them all. Isn't that awesome? In other words, tears are not wasted. Your sadness, your anguish for your son and daughter, those tears over your unsafe family members, your tears over that situation that's around and about you. The Bible says they are liquid words. Keep praying those tears because they utter to God in a way that you can never utter in human language. Amen? They speak, they touch the heart of God when they surrender to him. David said in Psalm 56 verse 8, you know God, it's amazing when you think about it. The Bible says that God, it says, God says, I take your tears and I put them in my bottle. <laughs> amazing. I take your tears and I place them in my bottle. I remember my mom used to take pickled onions and put them in a bottle. <laughs> you know, different things. The reason why she did that, because she wanted to preserve them. And I love this picture that God takes our tears because our tears to him are valuable. And he takes the tears, puts them in his bottle because they are precious to him. Instead of bottling things up, isn't that true? Sometimes people bottle things up. And instead of bottling things up, they become precious to God when we begin to release them. And if you can pray liquid words to God, then you can see the picture that God is about to do something amazing with them. God says, you give it to me and I will work on your behalf. I think tears become powerful. Tears of broken people. Tears of people broken by life. David said when he'd, when he'd sinned and he was broken before God, he says, God, I'd bring a sacrifice if you desired that, but that's not what you want. What you really want is a broken and contrite heart. God, you won't despise that. There's something about brokenness. When we're broken through all the things of life, and broken through events, broken through our own failure, and we pour that out to God, it becomes precious in his sight. Can you say amen? I love the story of, of Hudson Taylor. Great man of God. Hudson Taylor. 
He had a little girl that he loved so much. He loved this little girl. He took that little girl and his whole family, he took them to him to China with him. When she was in China, she used to say, Mom, Daddy, look at all the, all the idols of the worship. Those people need Jesus. When he'd been in China just a short space of time, his daughter, the most precious thing he had, died. And Hudson Taylor just continued the work, sowing with tears, sowing with a broken heart. And we're told that Hudson Taylor literally changed the whole of China. The whole of China went because a man went with a broken heart and with tears. And he sowed his tears before God. And God took his tears and began to do something powerfully supernatural. Because if you read the life of Hudson Taylor, I'm here to tell you, what he did was absolute supernatural. Because God took that man's tears. Let me close with this. I think above all, you know what's precious to God today? God wants you. The thing that's precious to God is that God wants you. God doesn't want something that's normal, that's average. God is after what is precious. As you say to him, Lord, here's my life, here's my future, here's my relationship, here's my family. As you begin to to release him what is precious to him, then you're going to see supernatural. Supernatural guidance, supernatural miracles, supernatural provision will come. You even give him your failures. You even give him your disappointments. You give him all the stuff in your life. And say, Lord... I give it to you. And God will bring supernatural restoration. God will bring supernatural forgiveness. And I close very quickly with two stories. First story regards a, a very wealthy, very, in India, a very wealthy man, a prince. And he noticed, he went to a beggar. And this beggar just had a bowl of rice. And this prince said to him, Give to me your bowl of rice. And he thought, what what a cheek. This guy's worth millions and he's asking for my my only bowl of rice. So what the man does, he takes three pieces of rice and gives them to this prince. So this prince goes and then he takes three pieces of gold and gives it to the beggar. And he said to him, you know what? If you'd have given me the whole bowl of rice, I'd have given you this whole bag of gold. I'm just wondering that we can miss out so much God has for us because we're unwilling to release the precious. And the greatest trick of the enemy is to make you think that somewhere, if you hold on to it, that you're going to gain. That almost you get this idea that giving everything to God means we're going to miss out on something in life. There's nothing this world has to offer me and you is worth a dime. Amen? As we begin to pour it out to him, then God begins to work and move in our life. One last story. And this struck me. You may have seen the video of this. I think we showed it years ago. I'm just trying to think of that man's name. I think I did write it down. What was his name? Yeah. Oh yeah, John Griffin. No relative. <laughs> name was John Griffin. In the years of the Depression, he got a job. He lost his farm and he, and he basically began to work as a man that basically would... He'd control the bridge that would make the way for the train to get over the bridge. So when the train came over the bridge, he'd press a lever and the bridge would come down to enable the train to get over it. On one occasion, he took his son with him. And his son, and he thought his son was with him. How many remember the video clip now? And his son, without him realising, kind of sneaked away and got under the bridge. And there's about to be a train coming over the bridge with 300 passengers on that train. He had the choice. What does he do? If he doesn't push a lever for the bridge to come across, then 300 people are going to die. If he presses the lever, then his son who's under that bridge is going to die. What a choice. 
So what he does, closes his eyes, pulls that lever. It's a true story, incidentally. He pulls that lever and the train goes across, totally unaware of what that man had just lost. He gave what is most precious to save the lives of many. And I like to think that's what Jesus did for us. Amen. He gave himself for us. Totally and completely for us. So our response should be, Lord, you've given what's most precious to you. I give everything I am and everything I am to you. I give what's precious to you. Why don't we just bow our heads in these moments? I wonder this morning I wonder this morning today that are there things in your life right now that you're holding on to that God's asking you that is precious to release it to him say Lord I, I release it to you I've been holding on to that right, that thing that, that so has a hold on my life I'm willing to let go of it today I'm releasing what is precious. Maybe you're here today. And maybe you're not even in the right place with God today. You're away from Him. And the most precious thing that you can give to Him is your life and who you are. To give yourself fully to Jesus. That's the greatest thing that you can give him today. Really, he's not after your money. He's not after anything else. He's after you. I'm just wondering today in these moments, just in these last few moments as we close, if that's you today, say, Lord, today, I just want to give myself fully, absolutely, totally, completely to you today. I surrender to you. I give that which is most precious to you this morning. And to stirring in your heart, just to give yourself to him today. I just want to know in these moments, if that's you, then just as we close today. And just, just stand where you are today in these moments. Say today, I give myself to you. If you're not a Christian, give your life to Jesus. If you're not really in that place with him, give your life to Jesus. Or there's something today you say, Lord, I just know, I've battled this for so long, but Lord, I'm surrendering now to you. Maybe something you need to let go of today. That's you in these moments, and you just stand in these moments, and we're going to pray and close. It's just giving our Lord our tears and our brokenness and our pain. Let go of it. Say, Lord, today I give the tears and the pain to you. I surrender everything I am to you right now. Lord, I just thank you for every person that stands before you today. And they give to you what is precious to them. And I ask you today that in response to their situation, that you would release supernatural power that you transform every circumstance, every situation. You transform every single thing by your supernatural power. Do something so awesome and so amazing. As Lord, as we offer to you what is precious, but Lord, today, may your miracle-working power be released in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I want to just stand there for a few moments. I know probably our last time together but uh, we just want to say how much we love you all and how much we appreciate you, the way you've uh, supported us the way you've loved us the way you've blessed us over these past five or six years you know we really love that really appreciate you you know we 
we love you so much. And so we just want to say thank you and thank you for the leadership and their support of us over the past five or six years. We just appreciate that so much. You want to? <laughs> but we do love you. We do appreciate you. So thank you for everything everybody's done. It's been a great five or six years for us. So we really, really appreciate that. Uh, so many people I could say thank you to. Thank you for all the things that goes on behind the scenes, things that we don't even know happens, but we so appreciate all the work behind the scenes. So I'd like to pray a blessing on you right now. And we'll be praying for you. We'll be praying for Nicole and, and the leadership team as they uh, would take the church forward. We want to pray for them. And Lord, I, I just want to thank you today that you are so awesome and so amazing. And I pray right now, would you bless your people today? Thank you for every one of them, Lord, today. I pray that, Lord, oh, that you'd bless them. Oh, that you'd cause your face to shine upon them. Oh, that, Lord, that you'd give them your strength, you'd give them your peace, you'd give them supernatural guidance, you'd give them supernatural provision, you'd give them supernatural works and and moves of God. Lord, I pray a blessing upon their lives right now. You'd bless them. You'd bless their families they represent. You'd bless every dimension and every part of their life right now. I bless them right now. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord be your strength, your guide, and your power. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. We really want to say a big thank you. I know Pastor John and Angie didn't want anything really. They just wanted to jump on a boat and go. (laughs) But we just want to say we've been privileged to have such an amazing couple with us. Uh, Yeah. And um, I know wherever I go, whoever I speak to, I just hear of the love they have for you too. And um, we want to pray God's blessing on them as well as, as they go forward in this venture of faith. They have no security, no financial security on that. So we just, uh, but they have a vision that God will move, that God will move in that area. Uh, and we want to pray that God will bless them and God will touch them. I was reading last night, um, just in a, in a reading I was doing for, for my own personal use, but I thought, well, this is applicable. And it's in Philippians 1.9, and it says, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offence till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. This was the verse that really caught me being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which is by Jesus Christ, to the glory and the praise of God. And that's what we want, isn't it? To see God's glory. We want to see God's glory here. We want to see God's glory in your lives as well as you move. It's been an amazing time. 12, 13 years, is it, that you've been with us? um, Off and on. (laughs) And, and, And your family as well, to see the girls growing up. It's been just an amazing time. We've, we've been a privileged people to have you amongst us. So we want to say thank you. Thank you for looking after us. Thank you for being there when we've been sick, when we've been up to our eyes in problems. And, and we just want to say a big thank you to you in, in all that you have done. And um, you've, you've, you've travelled with us on our, on our life's journey. So we just want to say a big thank you. Okay, Nicole. Uh, yeah, I just um, want to say uh, just a few words as well, just to say a really big thank you. Um, it's, you know, obviously, it's been, just been a, I remember coming nine years ago, and I had a, a chat with you guys, wasn't, wasn't it? And, um, and I was really looking forward to working with you guys and coming over, and then you were gone. <laughs> I'm not sure what that says about me. <laughs> but, um, and, uh, but then it was really such a privilege to have you guys back, and then, and then to work with you, and to be part of your leadership team, and... Um, just to have the wisdom and discernment from you guys over the years is, has been absolutely amazing. And I think, um, just echo real, really Nigel's words to say, say a really massive thank you. And we're really going to miss you so much. So we have got a little something that we want to give. So if you guys could come out and... A little something from, from the church. Um, there you go. And... Um, you might want to open that at some point today, so people might want to have a little look at it. I don't know. Um, but, uh, and there is cake at the back, okay, um, for you. And I'm going to invite um, everybody to come and pray. Is that right? For the leaders to come and pray, that would be great as well.
Father God, we just thank you so much for John and Angie and for the whole family, Lord. Thank you for um, what they have done here in this church, but even more importantly than that, really what they are to us as a family here at Delancey. Lord, we thank you for their ministry. We thank you for the way that they've just ploughed into our lives. Um, week after week, just bringing your word um, and just helping us to encounter you more, Lord. And, and we thank you for that. And Lord, we thank you that they've journeyed with us and pastored us and prayed for us and cared for us all these years. And so, Father God, we just stand here today with them and just listen to you and pray, Lord God, that your hand of blessing and anointing would really be upon them. Lord God, we trust in you and trust that you have gone before them and you know what's ahead. And so, Lord, I just pray that those doors of opportunity and uh, the new season for them uh, will just be so clear to them and that they would be able to embrace it fully and that they would know your protection, know your support, know your guiding and know that your spirit is with them. So, God, we pray for a fresh and new anointing as they go into a new ministry. Lord, we pray for um, lives to be transformed, for fruit to be seen. Lord God, I just pray that as they just sow again, Lord, they would see um, the reaping and they would see the harvest. They would see their hearts desire. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.